Welcome to the Readings Podcast. I'm Chris Gordon. I work in events and programming at Readings. And today I'm speaking with Leanne about books we cannot wait to read or we should read or we wished we could read in the young adult and children's area of literature where Leanne works. Hello, Leanne. Hi, Chris. How are you going? Doing quite well today. Quite well. I want to know from you what books you are dying to get your hands on and why. Okay, top three. Top Are three, we go. Top three? That's yeah, really go top hard. Three. I'm going to offend a lot of people by saying a top three, but I'm going to say the first one is a picture book called Willam, a Birrarung story, Ooh. and it's by the same team that did Welcome to Country that was oh, out a few years ago. Beautiful, Joy Murphy. Yeah, so yeah, it's beautiful. only Joy Murphy, um, Lisa Kennedy's beautiful paintings. This one really focuses on the Yarra River, so they've got a third co-author in who has a job that I didn't even know existed. He's the Yarra, he's a riverkeeper of the Yarra River. So I think he's bringing a bit more of a um, scientific and geographical um, bent to the book as well. But of course, it'll really delve into Indigenous culture related to the river, um, covering a really big period of time, accompanied by Beautiful, beautiful um, pictures by Lisa Kennedy. So I think so that's that the type of book that I imagine just has, goes over many, many generations. People can buy yeah. it as a gift for those that are visiting Australia or Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. It's a book that you'd want to have perhaps in your own home. Yeah, definitely. But it's a book that you could read to young children as well. Absolutely. The yeah. text is simple enough to, to read to young children, I'd say around about like aged four and up. Um, but, you know, the the culture and the information um, and the paintings are so beautiful. I, I really think picture books are visual arts objects. I wish oh, I more adults would realise actually they're beautiful art objects. So I actually think um, visually minded adults can really enjoy a good picture book. And I think this is definitely uh, going to be one of those ones. Amazing. Yeah. So, so that's number one on the that's list. That's number one. Okay. Um, I'm doing a self-imposed three book. I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's so hard. Okay. I'll say number two. Um, is going to be Real Pigeons Nest Hard by Andrew McDonald and Ben Wood. Um, they're, so th- they're sort of a bit mischievous, those two authors, aren't they? They are, yeah. Mm. You, you, yeah, they definitely bring yeah. the fun. Um, mm. I've seen them do presentations to kids um, live at, at their launch and um, they really know how to get the kids involved um, with the pigeon antics, the illustrations. So this is the third one in the Real Pigeon series. Um, in short, it's about a group of pigeons who live in a park and they are a secret crime-fighting squad and each of the pigeons um, has a special pigeon power. So I really like that. Each pigeon kind of has their thing that they do well. They work together as a team and they solve mysteries. It's a very visual book. Um, I think it's really great for a junior reader who still likes a lot of pictures So when we say excitement. junior reader, who yeah. is that? Who's a junior reader? Is that what age is that? I would say from like beginning to read, so from prep when you're thinking about really, really super basic readers, mm-hmm. all the way through about to be independent and really read a longer narrative. So we normally think of it as being sort of around about five to six years old um, through to around about seven or eight, depending yeah, right. on where the kids are. The early are. years of primary school. It's the early years of primary school, mm-hmm. um, preparing them for reading like longer, longer style books with sort of a longer plot line. Yeah, that's what I'd call a junior reader. Mm. Yeah, so I'm excited. That's number two. Um, and number three, even though it's hard just to keep it short, I've, I've got to say um, I think Children of Virtue and Vengeance by Tommy Adeyemi that's out in June. It's the second book in 
I think what is going to be a trilogy. The first book was called Children of Blood and Bone. Um, it's a West African-inspired wow. fantasy book. Um, the first book, Children of Blood and Bone, was extremely exciting. It followed four young people in this um, kingdom um, where there's a lot of magic. There's a lot um, of politics um, and kind of oppressive behaviour going on in this kingdom, as well as a lot of bloody action and magic. <laughs> Not for junior readers. No, no, we're talking, no. Look, there was, you know, it's pretty, it can get pretty hardcore at times in the in the first one. Um, nothing more serious than what happens in the real world. And I think that that's what I really liked about the series was it did establish a really, really different kingdom um, <laughs> that had parallels to the real world. So the type of issues covered in this one um <laughs> Prejudice, hate, fear, um, inequality are real world issues, but they're expressed um, through this world where where magic has been suppressed. So I'm that's my top three. But really, I could give you a list of about twenty. I love that kids away books. That are I'm there looking themes emerging in uh, these sort of areas? Like, I'm not, interested, like in the older readers that you talked about, this kind of fantasy, fantastical yeah, sort yeah. of. Fantasy is always popular, but I do think that there has been a resurgence of of YA fantasy um, in the last few years. I feel like Sarah J Maas really kicked off a whole new round of new enthusiastic teen fantasy readers, but fantasy readers have always been there um, and teenagers, I, I feel, have always enjoyed reading fantasy. But I do feel like there's, there's a bit of a resurgence. What is really great, I think, is that in the past a lot of the fantasies have really just drawn on Western mythology. And I do think there's a lot um, coming out now that that draw on mythologies from different cultures and are written by authors that have family backgrounds um, in that cultural mythology. So for me, that's that's a real plus. Yeah. When you're thinking about the books that you want to read or the books that are appropriate for different age groups there in the Reading's Kids Shop, are you thinking about... Uh, is it sort of a gut reaction or are you thinking about what critics and reviewers are saying about the books as well? Like um, how are you making those sort of decisions about the books that you will read and the books that you would advise other people to read? It's a combination really. So we, I would say that, you know, booksellers, we read a lot of reviews and criticism and online commentary um, about books. I say online commentary because there's not much print space devoted to it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we take that into account. But honestly, through talking to work colleagues and through conversing with parents, teachers, librarians and, and kids, I mean, kids are the best people um, to speak to on the shop floor about what they're reading, why they like reading it, what they're looking forward to next. Um, especially when it comes to what is the next book in a really, really popular children's series. It's often our young customers that will be the first ones to know because they've been on the author's website. And they know. They know when the next one's coming out and they come in and they want to know when is it going to hit Australian shores. Um, so honestly, I think actually kids themselves are the best um, people. I feel like there's two big overseas releases that our customers at the kids shop are going to be really excited about our young customers. So, so the young customers are those, can we say, those that are in primary school? Yeah, I'd yeah. say primary school, yeah. yeah. So I think they're going to be really excited about a new Raina Telgemeier graphic novel coming out. 
Um, it's going to be called Guts and it's definitely in the world. Um, it's kind of following on a companion to Smile and Sisters. Um, Rainer's graphic novels are so huge amongst our young customers. I would say upper primary. They will be coming in and demanding that around about September. Um, and also uh, Wonder by RJ um, Palaccio has been a really massive title in the in the last, um, I think it came out quite a while ago now. And there's going to be um, a graphic novel oh. of kind of a, a sub-story of the Wonder World. So it's going to be um, Julian's grandmother, grandmother's experience during World War II. Um, it's going to be done as a graphic novel, a short story. Um, and I think young readers are going to be really excited about that. When, you, when you're working in the uh, Reading's Kids Shop, do customers come in and do they have very sort of specific requests? Uh, do they ask, for example, I want a book that I can read out loud to or I want a book that I read or I want a book that my child will read? Which of those sort of three yeah. questions, which is the most commonly asked and what would you answer? I'd say, um, I mean, this time of year, there are a lot of teachers coming in wanting to read out louds for their entire class, which is enormous fun. Yeah. That usually happens in that um, grade three to grade six age group. And that's that sort of chapter book? Or, yeah. Yeah. It's something that's got um, chapters of a length. You can read one at the start. Maybe usually um, after lunch, you'll read a chapter of a book. It's something that can engage a whole range of readers in that age group. And what would you recommend for that? Oh, gosh. I've liked recommending The Explorer by Catherine Rundle mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. That's a good, solid adventure story. Um, I would say that's been my most common recommendation. But often the teacher will have a very specific request. They know roughly what their class is going to be like or they will have read um, – they'll give us the examples of some previous books that they've read to the class that the class has enjoyed and from then it's easy to extrapolate what they should read to the class next. But I have to say the number one kind of request in the kid shop is is parents or um, the adults in the kid's life will come in and they will want a book that is very specifically for that individual child. So we find out what reading level they're at, what books they've read recently that they've enjoyed, who are their favourite authors. I prefer to speak to the kid themselves and say, what are you in the mood for? Like what, oh, you that's know, such a good because question. Because kids know. They, they know whether they want something challenging, something issues-driven, um, whether they want something lighter, whether they just want to laugh at the moment, um, depending on just what mood they're in. So I, I always go with that. I prefer to speak to the kids directly and ask them what they're in the mood to read. Because it's not, you know, this is not school reading usually. This is entertainment reading yeah. and leisure reading. So I think that's really important. Can we, talking of sort of laugh out loud books, can we expect another Andy Griffiths and Terry Denton book <gasps> this year? I do not know about <gasps> that. I have heard no word. I can tell you though, I do have a neat list because I think in that, um, I think in that eight to 12 age group, the biggest books are usually books in series. So I can just rattle off a quick list of series in which there are going to be next books Go. in 2019. All right, so we've got uh, book five in the School for Good and Evil series, A Crystal of Time by Saman Chainani. Massive, massive series. Um, we've got the second book in the Elemental series by Amy Kaufman called Scorch Dragons, which is a fantastic um, fantasy series set in like a sort of Scandinavian, icy northern world Amazing. Um, involving a brother and a sister on kind of different sides of a battle. Um, there's a second book in Rebecca Lim's Children of the Dragon series called Race for the Red Dragon. 
We there's the Kingdom of the Lost book for um, book The Velvet City by Isabel Carmody. We have waited so long. When for was book Isabel's last book? Um, it was years ago, I wasn't can't it? Right? Even yeah, tell you. And I, in, I this, think- in this series, she's been juggling some um, middle fiction and some young adult fiction. It's been a long time. People are going to be mm. very excited um, about book four. The Velvet City, and also the second book um, in the Jane Doe Chronicles, Jane Doe and the Key of All Souls by Jeremy Lachlan. Um, those are all going to be massive series books, so I think people will be excited about that. There's something about uh, authors that write for younger uh, readers that must be something in their brains because their, their imaginations are so wild, they create such extraordinary universes that have nothing to do with but the world that we live in, but everything to do with it. Such an extraordinary skill. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the great thing about middle fiction is you do get to enter completely different worlds. And those books for that age group are enormous fun. It's always, you know, adventure, magic, um, kind of growing independence, friendships. It's it's good stuff. Is there any sort of books there that you would recommend for people that are wanting, for young readers, younger readers, that are wanting to read outside their comfort zone? Are there books that are tackling some of those big issues that perhaps they haven't met yet or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, young, I think readers in that primary school age group are are really craving those kind of um, stories. I definitely feel like there's been an emphasis on it. It started with with Wonder Mm. um, and has gone through to younger readers wanting to read about more serious issues, including like, um, as you said, the sort of more fantasy and magical and adventure style books are really popular. But also there's a a set of readers that only want to read contemporary realism um, in that primary school age group. And I think that there's quite a few things coming out this year that would suit those readers. Um, Davina Bell, um, who people might know for her picture book writing mostly, has got Sophia and the Corner Park Clubhouse. That's a bit of a babysitter's club inspired um, story about four girls who have gone to different high schools. They've been at the same primary school. They've gone to four different high schools, but they come together to save a beloved clubhouse that's been Mm. really important to them. Um, I haven't read it myself yet. This is out in May, but somebody in um, one of my work colleagues has read it and weeped while reading it. So a bit of a Heads up there. Yeah, pull on the heartstrings. Um, Oliver Pomervan has got a new one out in May. Um, Oliver writes great great, um, funny, realistic, relatable um, middle grade fiction set in real Australian schools. This one I love the sound of. It's called Don't Follow V. And it's about um, a young kid whose mother is social media obsessed and has an Instagram account that really features the child. I, I think this already. is so needs to be tackled in books. And um, the kid is kind of trying to get their mother to have a real life so that they don't focus so much of their social media on them. That sounds great. Um, and also I have to mention reading s- staff member Fiona Hardy's debut novel, called How to Make a Movie in 12 Days, coming out in September. Um, It sounds fantastic. I love nothing more than reading about kids taking on big projects and succeeding. So I really think the idea of of having um, a young Aussie kid taking on the massive project of making their own movie is fabulous. Like what a great idea. So I'm looking forward to that as well. 
There's another staff member that's got uh, a book coming out. That would, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that I know. True. Readings, yeah. Readings, readings hides many, many um, yeah. authors. So that'd be um, Nina Kenwood um, has got It Sounded Better in My Head coming out in August. So Nina won the text prize. Um, now, you would be familiar with the text prize because <laughs> yeah. you, Leanne, have yeah. also won the text prize. I, I did win that way back in the dark ages of 2009. It makes a huge yeah. difference, right? It does, yeah. yeah. It's a great – it's – it's the biggest and most surprising boost to your career and kind of getting catapulted into the world of, of being a published author. So I'm really excited for Nina. Um, her book sounds like a really – I haven't read it yet. I haven't read it either. I, I love the title. It soon. It's a great title. Um, it sounds like a fantastic romantic comedy, coming of age, friendship story. Um, sounds like it's very, very funny, very, very wry. Sounds like it's got a really – awkward and relatable um, protagonist. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm starting to hear little whispers um, about it around around the kind of why community in Australia and overseas. Um, samples have been sent out. I'm hearing very good things mm, so I'm far. so pleased. Yeah. I'm so pleased for both yeah. Fiona and Nina. So uh, just we've sort of running out of time, but I wanted to finish up on a couple of questions. Uh, that is sort of more about you, if mm, I could. Yeah. Um, what's a book that you have read recently in yep. that sort of the YA or the kids, a book that you didn't expect to like but you did fall in love with it? There Oh, that's a really tricky question. Is that too tough? Is that too tough for this time of the day? It's probably a bit tough for this time of the day, <laughs> but I should really, really endeavour to uh, look – Actually, I will tell you, I did the. Um, I was one of the judges for the young young adult category in the Victorian Premier's Literary Awards um, that have just been announced, and the winner was Catching Tiller Crow by Amberlin and Ezekiel Quay Mulliner, a really fantastic book that I've so enjoyed selling in um, in the shop because I really really believe in it. But when you judge a prize, you read very broadly across mm. a category, so it's a wonderful way of reading almost everything that has been published in Australian young adult fiction Incredible in the privilege. previous year. Yeah, it's such a it's such a wonderful position to hold. Um, it's really great to go deep into what is being available. There was a definite theme that's a bit of a heavy theme, I would say. I would say that everything that's been happening um, in the Me Too movement hit Australian young adult fiction very solidly in 2018. So a lot of the books that we were reading, um, reading dealt with those issues and that was a definite trend in Australian YA publishing last year. I do think actually coming up there's going to be some books that that I'm really looking forward to um, that I think I will find challenging to read. I must admit I have never read a zombie novel before. I've watched plenty of zombie television so and movie, but I am definitely, I've got a copy waiting to read um, Highway Bodies by Alison Evans. We had the launch quite. Yeah. yeah. I'm so looking forward to reading that book and getting my first kind of It sounds experience. terrifying, Leanne. It sounds absolutely well, terrifying. Well, I think it's going to be even more terrifying because it's set in Australia and I think yeah. that is going to bring it all real. Um, Alison so read a read little that. at the launch yeah. and that was enough for me. I yeah. I wanted to run for the doors. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to being terrified. What I like about it is it doesn't sound as if the stories are all about action and getting your brains eaten, being chased. There's oh. some quieter stories, some quieter characters in that book. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how Alison has tackled those. Um, and also 
I will be reading soon. This one sounds a bit like a tween book, really good for that, maybe 10 through to 13-year-old. Um, you Must Be Layla by Yasmin Abdel-Majid. Mm. That's coming out really soon in, in I think March. it comes out, ne- yeah, in March, next month. Yeah, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. It's got a lot of things that I really like in the in a book, which it's about um, a young 13-year-old girl that gets a scholarship to a private school ends up being at a private school where she feels a little bit like a fish out of water is from a very different background to the other students around her. Um, I think there's a competition involving robotics. There's a bit of like, um, I think, a suspension or a detention earlier on, early on in the story. So I really like a fish out of water story. Um, that one I'm really looking forward to reading as well. So I feel like I'm going to be challenging myself with some interesting reading Um have I mentioned enough, Chris? There's one more you, I want to shout out and it does. All right, do, do the last one. Then I want to ask you a couple of questions and then we'll have to finish I up. Know. I know. This one will be challenging, I think, because of the subject matter and it does relate to what I talked about, you know, the theme of um, the themes that came through in Australian Wire last year and that is Shout by Laurie Hulse Anderson. Um, Laurie is known for tackling really, really hard-hitting issues and quite rightfully in her teen books because they are issues that a lot of teenagers face in real life. Shout is going to be um, a free verse novel um, with a more memoir focus that really deals with some of the stuff that she's covered um, in her previous books. So I'm expecting that one to be quite harrowing and difficult reading, dealing with some of the more difficult things that happen to young teenagers, but I'm also expecting it to be amazing, like her previous work. Thank you so much. This is That's right. one of the most comprehensive lists of all I, time. I've got more on my list, but I'll, yeah. So I want to just ask you quite a personal question, yes. if that's okay. How often do you agree with the critics and the reviewers about the books that you read? How often do is it that something that you do feel sums up the sort of the, the world of YA and kids' literature well, when you hmm. – do, do is it something that – do you think that we people are, are harsh on this genre or – No, I don't I don't think they are harsh. Yeah. I almost I, – it, it's hard because I'm coming at it from both I'm a bookseller and I'm also an author. So when I read a book, I'm reading – I'm reading both as a reader, a really, really enthusiastic, lifelong reader. I'm reading as a bookseller trying to think, you know, who's going to buy this book? Which yep. customers can I recommend this to? How can I get this book into the right hands? And I'm also reading it very sympathetically as an author, knowing how difficult it is to turn out a really great story. Um I would say I 50-50 agree with the commentary that's out there. I like to read a, a mix of maybe, you know, career book reviewers or critical um, writing that takes a slightly more kind of academic approach. I also just really like to read the reactions of readers themselves, just really, really enthusiastic readers um, because I consider myself to be one of those. And I really like reading authors' takes on other authors' books as well. Um I feel like the Children's and Why community is a really supportive one and people who write in that community don't consider themselves to be competitors of other authors, but yeah, actually you belong to this mutual appreciation society. So I would say the one thing I will say is that, you know, and I don't want to be too too controversial, but I often go overseas for my reading. So I have very specific tastes um, in my reading. I really like to read inclusive stories. I really like to read own voices stories. Um, 
I really like to read very, very widely about a wide range of people. And in order to do that, I often have to go overseas for my stories. So that is, you know, that that is just a reality, I think, of what's available at the moment. So what are you reading right now, Leanne? Reading right now? Gosh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I'm I'm reading a book that fits squarely into one of my wheelhouses, which is young adult fiction written about World War II. Um, so I'm reading Someday We Will Fly by Rachel DeWoskin. Um, it is set uh, in Shanghai and it is about um, a young Jewish refugee who's travelled from um, Warsaw and gone on a really, really long journey. Um, not many people know this, but there was quite a large number of Jewish refugees landed in Shanghai during World War II. Um, there's still quite Shanghai a was one of the there. ports that were were last accepting at the latest date accepting Jewish refugees. So it was the port of last call for a lot of people fleeing Europe. Um, I really love reading, as I said, YA about World War II, but there's often quite a European focus. I'm much more interested in the war in the Asia Pacific, and I don't feel like there's enough young adult fiction that delves into the Asia-Pacific region and what happened there. So that's what I'm reading at the moment. Leanne Hall, that might be a, a hole that you can fill in your next book. I, I am reading it for professional reasons. So I'm, Ooh, yeah, you I, heard it here yeah. first. <laughs> Thank you so much, Leanne Hall. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today here on the Readings Podcast. Uh, you can see Leanne at any old time at our Readings Kids Shop. You can buy her books there. You can read her blogs on our Readings website. You can also stream previous episodes of the Readings Podcast on our website, readings.com.au, where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, information on our current books, music and DVD releases. You can even sign up to our Readings newsletter, the Readings Monthly. Thank you today to Atticus for recording this session and a special mention to Tom Hoskins for his fab introductory tune. This podcast has been recorded today at the Kathleen Simon Library. Leanne Hall, you are a rock star. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Chris. 